Shaken, everybody. You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by Evan Peterson, the only one here who's actually watched wrestling. McKenna Steele, Bing Bong, and Justin Porter. I'm just glad to be here. Uh, JP, I'm glad that you are here as well. It's been too long since we've had you on the show. Yay, JP! I've been waiting. It's been great. He's basically one of the founders, and yet he's been gone for like six months. This is the triumphant return. He is now JP the White, where once he was JP the Gray. <laughs> and I've come back to now at the turn of the tide. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, guys, we have a pretty uh, exciting story prepared for you. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Evan kind of alluded to it earlier. Our suggestion this month comes from Sammy Swan Illustration on Instagram, friend of the show who we've mentioned in the plugs a couple times. And she suggested that we do luchadors as our setting. So what we've combined luchadors with is sort of a Hunger Games-esque dystopian future sort of situation where famous celebrities are brought in to compete in this big luchador tournament. It's going to be something else. I'm excited to see where all of our players go with this. But of course, as always, we're going to start out with an ideation. We're going to tell real stories from our real lives to help inform the story moving forward. And I'm going to do something maybe a little atypical, and I'm actually going to let Evan go first, because he is our resident expert on all things wrestling, <laughs> and I feel like he deserves to have the spotlight before I butt myself in. Oh my gosh. I'm not anything, you know, I'm not, I'm no Ned and Serial, okay? I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, know, I know a little bit, but uh, no, I discovered wrestling in high school because I was scrolling through the channels one Monday night board after school and I saw Monday Night Raw and I was like you know my brothers used to watch this when I was a kid and I wonder what wrestling is all about so I turned it on and at the beginning of that Monday Night Raw Dave Batista who is now famous for playing Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy um, retired for the first time he would later come back but he had this big dramatic like the show opened with him coming out he had just lost a pay-per-view match he was all like bandaged up and he was like I quit and I was like well he can't really quit like this is all a show but he legitimately was like taking a break from WWE so the very first thing I saw was a major wrestler quit and I was like oh I kind of got chills this is pretty cool and so I kept watching and uh, I was very much what the wrestling world calls a mark, meaning I very much kind of how to how to describe this. If you're not familiar with wrestling, the marks are the people who kind of believe what the show wants them to believe. They boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys, while people who consider themselves smarks or smart marks might say their favorite wrestler is a bad guy, even though he's a bad guy, because they can they can see through that it's fake, man, and they, they can see through the facade. Oh my gosh. But anyway, my first few months, I very much went with it. I love John Cena and hated the Nexus. And then I met this guy. This is the first time I'm going to give him a shout out. His name's Brady. He's legitimately one of my best friends. Me and him still talk to this day because we met in high school, found out that we lived about a block away from each other. And I went to his house after school one day and he had a bunch of WWE video games. And I was like, hey, you watch wrestling? And there was this little timid moment where he was like, do you watch wrestling? 
And I was like, yeah, do you? And he was like, yeah. And we immediately just started like bonding over wrestling. I would go over to his house every time there was a pay-per-view and we would watch our pay-per-views together throughout high school. And before I made my big move to Texas, I was looking for jobs near him so that we could watch pay-per-views together again. But he's one of my best friends. Uh, Unfortunately, no one here on the podcast has actually met him because he's my friend from high school and he didn't go to college with us. But Brady, I know you don't listen to the podcast, but thanks for all the wrestling knowledge you've imbued upon me over the years. That man is a true encyclopedia. I wish uh, I wish I could have him in my ear to feed me information. But anyway, been a wrestling fan for a little while now. I kind of rambled for a little bit there. Just want to give a shout out to my good friend, Brady Trappett. He's a good guy. Who Who is real? He's real. Okay. He's I real. Mean, we haven't met him, so I just wanted to double check. I won't give out more information because I don't want to dox my best friend on our podcast, but uh, he's a good guy. <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Cool. Let's go to McKenna then. What do you have to tell us about either wrestling or about celebrities or Hunger Games? Um, I probably know the least, I would think, about wrestling. Um, that is not my scene, but I'm happy to be doing it because that means I'm going to make a fool of myself. It's going to be fun. When thinking of luchadors and wrestling, my initial story that came to my mind is when I was living in Idaho Falls, Idaho. We lived there for like a couple years when I was like, like eight to 10. And my brother Coleman, his favorite thing in the entire world is cars. He's getting a degree in car stuff right now. Is that the and o- his first words were cool car. Is that the official? It is on his. I got a, I his... got a bachelor's of science in car stuff. Yes, it's the official name. But like flashback to the year that cars featuring Owen Wilson came out. My brother was like probably, I don't know, like three or four, super excited to go see it. And my parents were like, oh, your brother will love it. And I was like, mom, that's disgusting. It's a movie about cars. We went and saw it as a family. Anyway, to this day, it is my favorite Pixar movie. I don't know why, but I love it. Anyways, so we saw it in theaters and it was great. And around the same time, another movie, I was gonna say a phenomenal movie, but I'm just gonna leave it at movie, up to your own interpretation of it came out. Um, And it was called Nacho Libre, featuring Jack Black. (laughs) And my dad and I both saw the trailers. We were like, oh, that looks hilarious. And so after Cars finished, Nacho Libre was in like the theater right next to it. And it was gonna start in like five minutes. And my dad and I looked at each other, me, an impressionable eight-year-old, and we were like, you kind of want to go watch that movie? And we were like, yeah, let's do it. So my mom took my siblings home, and then my dad and I theater hopped, and we went and saw Nacho Libre (laughs) immediately after Cars. Didn't pay for the ticket. Don't do that, kids. But it was amazing. And so I have that whole memory of going to see two movies in a row. Definitely not in the best way, but having that special memory with my dad. Honestly, it's stuff like that that makes me think McKenna's dad is so awesome. Dude, my dad is the best. I love my dad. McKenna, as a former movie theater employee, I truly could not care less that you okay, see the okay, honestly. Okay, okay. Good. I, uh, listen, I was eight years old and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going down a bad path. I'm going to be in jail next year. Oh dear goodness. I don't encourage uh, illegal behavior on a family-friendly podcast. If you have the money, you should pay for a bonus ticket. But I will say, people panic about sneaking in snacks or theater hopping. And movie theater employees do not care. We don't care about anything. I second that. Just as long as it's not like sold out and busy, you know? As long as you're not causing 
pain during a busy period. I like seriously, people try to when I worked at the movie theater, people are like think they're so clever sneaking in food, and you're like, I totally see that Twizzlers coming out of your like pants or something, you know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> just just go in, it's fine. Just go in the just get in the theater. <laughs> But yeah, that's probably the most experience I have with anything related to wrestling or luchadors or anything like that is Jack Black as Nacho Libre. I was wondering if we'd get through this podcast without mentioning Nacho Libre, and I figured the odds were slim. They were slim (laughs) because that's all I know. (laughs) Right on. Let's see, JP, what you got for us? So I don't have any wrestling stories. The only thing I could think of when we were talking about celebrities was the only like real celebrity I met. And I've met Zachary Levi. (gasps) I was there for that. Yeah, and he, I went to go see him on Broadway. He was in the Broadway musical, She Loves Me. And he came out afterwards and started, you know, signing and shaking hands and whatever as down the aisle. And I remember I only had one question I wanted to ask him. I saw a YouTube video and it said, what is your favorite musical group? And he said Weezer. And Weezer is my all-time favorite band. I have them tattooed on my arm. I have the name Weezer. And so I went to him and I said, Zach, I just got to ask you one thing. Who is your favorite musical group? And he goes, hmm, that's a good question. I said, you just say Weezer. Just say Weezer. That's all I ask. And he says, Weezer. And I said, thank you. And that is that is my experience with Zachary Levi. Oh, I remember that. He's so nice, though. That's beautiful. Okay, I guess that leaves it up to me to finish the ideation, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't had much connection with the world of wrestling until just uh, about a year or so ago uh, when I started talking with Evan about it. Uh, The impetus for my introduction to the world of wrestling was an RPG, surprise, surprise. Uh, It's a game called Worldwide Wrestling WWW, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse TTRPG and when the pandemic started, we naturally started talking about, okay, can we you know, get together a bit more often and play more games and whatnot? And Evan, for his very first experience as a GM, offered to run a game of WWW for me, JP, Caleb, and our friend Thomas Ryan, who you can find on Twitch, at The Manly Jones. And that was my first experience getting into wrestling and to help us prepare, Evan put together a document of like, here's some stuff you need to know about wrestling. This is how promos work. Here are some promos that you can go and watch. And I watched these videos of wrestlers cutting promos and I was like, wait a second, this is theater. Is is this theater? (laughs) And there was one particular video that he sent us where it was in a completely empty arena because it was during the middle of a pandemic. And these two men were cutting promos back and forth at each other and it was very emotionally intense and without the crowd there to like shout and keep the energy up I was like this feels like a theater grad student's black box final that they wrote or something like that (laughs) and it was the most surreal moment of realizing maybe I have a connection with wrestling and I later on began reading the book Impro for Storytellers by Keith Johnstone who was one of the very very early improv teachers, kind of one of the masters who really helped to hone the craft. And in the beginning of Impro for Storytellers, he talks about how it was really difficult to try and get improv off the ground in England at the time because theater was pretty heavily restricted. There was like this organization that would come and see your shows and if they didn't like it, if it was too lowbrow, you couldn't perform it because it wasn't good theater. And so he was like, well, we're not going to worry about that. 
we're gonna do what the wrestlers do. And we're going to put this off as like it's a sport. This isn't theater. We're just putting on a performative sport for people so that the higher ups won't come in and try and shut us down for being lowbrow. So improv kind of as we know it today is heavily rooted in professional wrestling. And the more I kind of go through life, the more I realize all the connections. Like if you watch any video that Patrick Gill makes on Polygon, he brings up wrestling somehow. Like he has a video about how every single fighting game is just wrestling at its core. And so I still am not like very into wrestling, but it's this thing where I feel like I'm adjacent enough to it that I'm like, I can appreciate this as an art form instead of just some, you know, tights and fights sort of situation. Look, wrestling is just theater kids pretending to be jocks. <laughs> also, Patrick Gill, I think it is, uh, you recommend a video to me, Ned, don't learn about wrestling if you don't want to have every action movie for the rest of your life ruined. Because <laughs> Kenzie and I, even my wife, we were watching Hawkeye, the new Disney MCU show and uh, half the fights I'm like yep that's a Hurricane Rana yep that's a this that's a this and I'm naming the wrestling moves that they're doing in their fight choreography nice so yeah that is our ideation so now let's talk a little bit about the world that we're gonna kind of build up here um, <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting one so how many of you are familiar with the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny yes yes of course it's been a while Lemon demon youtube classic yeah so the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny is a bunch of celebrities duking it out to see who is supreme who's the best fighter and so in my brain i have kind of this dystopian future sort of situation where they're pitting celebrities against each other for the enjoyment of the mass market all of the the marks and the smarks out there <laughs> uh just getting their violence and entertainment fix by watching famous people battle each other in the ring. So with our stage kind of set as it were, it's time to figure out who our characters are going to be. Looks to me like JP is pretty excited to talk about who he's got. Okay, since we're doing celebrities and we commented on this earlier, I'm going to be Ian McKellen. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Ian McKellen too? He's That's just... actually going to be my problem too. <laughs> okay, so you are Sir Ian McKellen. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so we... I'm, I hope that our listeners have an idea of who Ian McKellen is. If not, what type of podcast are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, some of our previous content is not going to make very much sense if you don't know who Ian McKellen is. <laughs> but as a professional wrestler, what do you think Ian McKellen's high concept aspect would be? I'm going to say his high concept first is his wrestler name and his intro. Um, his intro is going to be like, on the first light of the fifth day, look to the beast from the east. <laughs> <laughs> the beast from the east. That is so good. Oh, man. So my high aspect, though, kind of ties into one of my problems. Like, I've gotten so old that I can't distinguish my life from the parts I've played. <gasps> so he kind of believes he's Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to such a great start already. Holy cow. JP, I'm, gl I'm glad to have you back, man. This oh is, uh, I, don't quote me on my accent, but we'll, we'll try it. Man, so oh, Trouble believes he's Gandalf. Great. So now we just need an additional aspect for Ian McKellen. Um, so the ones that you're going to get to choose from JP are I sleep under the ring, parentheses, not a joke. <laughs> Getting pinned is for losers. And new year, new me. I'm going to say I sleep under the ring. <laughs> I love it. Man, how the mighty have fallen. Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, sleeping under the ring. I sleep under the one ring. <gasps> oh. <laughs> it's 
Perfect. Wow. I, I think I need to award you a fate point before we actually start playing. <laughs> Okay. Now, what do you think Ian McKellen's peak approach is going to be? I'm going to say clever. Or no, flashy. Flashy. I'm flashy. The celebrated actor, flashy. Makes sense to me. And then the only thing we need for Ian McKellen now is a stunt or a cool piece of equipment. Your choice. I'm going to have a glam drink, my sword. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a prop sword, so it doesn't actually hurt. It's like one of those really nice sort of like heavy, dense foam replicas. Yes. Can I have two? Or because I was going to also have my staff. Yeah, I think that's a very iconic Gandalf sort of look. So having glam drink and the staff, I think, makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't part an old man from his walking stick. I would not. Oh, they're coming all game long. And I am here for it. Caleb is in tears right now. (laughs) So that is Sir Ian McKellen, the beast from the east. (laughs) Next up, let's go with uh, McKenna. You got a character for us? Yes. So when you see my character, he uh, has some sandy beach blonde hair. It's beautiful. It's blowing in the wind. Pretty average physique, but a nose that could move mountains and change lives. And uh, when uh, he steps onto the ring for the first time, what you hear is, ka-chow. And Owen Wilson, also known as, to the wrestling world, Lightning McMean, enters the ring. Oh, wow. Lightning McMean. Oh, man. So there's our high concept aspect right there. Yep. Now, what's something that gets Owen Wilson in trouble? Okay, I need your guys' help on that one. I cannot think of anything. The fact that he'll take any role, even if the movie sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> His indebtedness to Wes Anderson? I think I have an idea for a trouble. What I'm thinking is he's probably been in a couple fights already. And his nose got punched back to looking normal. So no one really recognizes him anymore. Oh, normal nose. Normal nose. (laughs) He lost the moneymaker. He lost it. The moneymaker's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Now we get to your audience-suggested aspect. These are the ones that you will get to choose from. I always smell what you're cooking. (laughs) Never ashamed to go for a cheap pop. And I have had diarrhea since Easter. (laughs) (laughs) After all of the poop stories I've already told on this podcast, I can't not. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but that's the one I'm going to (laughs) do. All right. So now we get to your peak approach. What's that going to be? I think I'm also going to do flashy just because on my wrestling outfit, the big lightning strike is going to be right across the front and it's going to be really flashy and I'm going to try and use that to blind my opponents. Nice. Yeah, I mean in a luchador themed campaign I would not be surprised if all of us had flashy as our peak approach. Honestly, right? And now that brings us to your stunt. Yeah, so for my stunt what i'm planning on because i was like all right let's see if we can get some like electricity into this and i was trying to figure out the best way to do that 
Um, and I feel like Owen Wilson is probably pretty professional, you know, he uh, likes to go in for, wow, I'm not gonna be able to do this very well. He likes to go in for the handshake. Um, so he's gonna have one of those like little buzzer things on his hand, but it's like- A joy buzzer? Yeah, but it's like cranked up to the max. And so instead of just being like, it's out, it's gonna be like, that's that's the plan. It's gonna be like that scene in Home Alone 2. Exactly, when, when he grabs the door handle. Marv and Marv turns into a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> we got a little prankster on our hands, except a prankster who might actually kill somebody. Nothing <laughs> nothing too lethal. Just maybe a good old fashioned KO, but. All right, that is Owen Wilson. Is it ever? Oh no. And now our final character. Evan, what you got for us? Yeah, so uh, celebrity impressions are not my forte. So don't lambast me too hard on this one, but if you were to look at my character, you would see someone shorter, someone who you're kind of surprised they can walk because you don't usually see their legs. And also you kind of assumed there'd be a human with them, but there's not. And that's because I am small, I am green, and I am Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> oh my, okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, me and Miss Piggy are part of the tag team, The Painbow Connection. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I did not realize when we agreed to do this as our setting that it would be such gold. <laughs> In fact, uh, I'm skipping ahead, but can that be my stunt is uh, tag her in? Because we all know Miss Piggy always serves up the pain a lot better than Kermit does. Man, I'm so excited to hear your Miss Piggy. Uh, fun fact that you'll never hear on this podcast. When I was dating my wife, I once serenaded her with the Rainbow Connection on my guitar singing both Kermit's and Miss Piggy's parts. And that was a private moment no one will get to hear, but I did both voices. Wow. I'm so impressed. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently it was good enough that that you're, I mean, you're married. Yeah, yeah, she didn't leave me right then and there, so. All right, so the Painbow Connection. What is something that gets Kermit in trouble? So with Miss Piggy, it seems like everything uh, seems to get Kermit in trouble. <laughs> but I've been rewatching some of the old Muppet shows and don't know how to put this into a short, snappy trouble, but he didn't prioritize Miss Piggy and their relationship. You know, he's always worried about the show and squeezing in their guests. And he's still having similar issues to this day in the tag team, you know, not getting proper teamwork in. And so I'll just say, thinks he can go solo. Mm, so he's maybe looking to break the Painbow connection. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And now that brings us to your audience suggested aspect. Here are the ones that you get to choose from. I always feel like someone is watching, kill him with kindness, and Randy Savage was my summer camp counselor. <laughs> oh yeah, the cream always rises to the top. <laughs> I also feel like I feel like someone's watching is so appropriate because he's the star of TV film and a human being is always with him. Man, those are all so good. But I think the most appropriate for him has got to be kill him with kindness. Because, I mean, he's Kermit the Frog. He's so nice, but he's being forced to compete. Yeah, in here against his will, but he's going to do the best he can because he is a consummate showman. <laughs> Now, what do you think Kermit's peak approach is going to be? See, he is a showman. Mm -hmm. You know, as boring as it is, we're all luchadors. So it's <laughs> got to be a plus three flashy. Perfect. It's between that and quick, but I think he's still a little more flashy. Yeah, I figure we got Kermit doing the flashiness and probably Miss Piggy bringing in the forceful. <laughs> all right. And we already got your stunt. You can tag in Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And with that, we have all of our characters ready to go. Sir Ian McKellen, the Beast from the East, Owen Wilson, Lightning McMean, and Kermit the Frog of the Painbow Connection. 
Oh, what we have wrought. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to do this voice for four episodes. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be a lot of, wow. I feel I feel very much like Sam Regal in episode one of Campaign 2, realizing what he did to himself by choosing Knott's voice. <laughs> well, it's time to see what it's like in action as we prepare ourselves to enter this world. So... You are all backstage before the big show that you've got coming up. You've been slowly working your way through this tournament bracket over the course of the past several months. You've beat out the likes of wonderful celebrities such as Dame Maggie Smith, um, Gordon Ramsay. He got taken out pretty early. Uh, Toby Maguire, he got pretty far, surprisingly far, but eventually he wasn't able to make it as far as you guys did. And so you're all in the back and you've built up kind of a camaraderie over the course of these several months that you've spent together against your will, penned up inside of this gladiatorial kind of jail that you're in almost. But there's very good craft services. There's always good craft services. So let's go around and kind of get a sense of how you guys all feel about each other. Uh, let's start with Kermit. How do you feel about Owen Wilson and Ian McKellen having fought alongside and against them for so long? Oh boy. Um, Kermit has to have worked with both of these people before, right? Actually, that is a very good point. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure Kermit has come into contact with these people before, but on the battlefield, obviously, is a different story. Mm-hmm. Kermit is... I'm, I'm a little nervous about Owen because he's a little younger. Uh, Ian seems a little bit different than uh, previous times I've rubbed shoulders with him. Um, (laughs) Seems really committed to the Gandalf bit lately. But, you know, so far, we've made it this far, and as long as Miss Piggy's got my back, I'm feeling pretty confident we can make it to the end. All right. see, Owen Wilson, how are you feeling about Kermit and Ian McKellen? Wow. (laughs) I mean, you have all these really great guys, and... Oh, this is going to be such a mess. <laughs> wow. Wow. I realize the only thing that I feel like I'm good at is wow. You just wow. got to be really kind of sedate and delicate yeah. with how you talk. Yeah. And these are really great guys, you know? And I mean, I know Kermit. He's he's going to be really fantastic in the ring. I mean, you can't. It's hard to beat him. He's so small, you know? And uh, Sir Ian McKellen, I mean, oh man, I mean, he's got the Sir title in front of him. How are you gonna beat the Sir title? It's wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now that brings us to Ian McKellen. How do you feel about Kermit and Owen Wilson? Well, the blonde one doesn't seem to be any trouble at all. He doesn't seem to be a ranger from the north or a king under the mountain, but that's a small one. I just find that it's the simple things in life that really change the way people view. I don't know the quote. I can't remember the quote. (laughs) But either way, I'm going to beat that fool of the toque. (laughs) All right. So looks like we got Owen and Kermit. They're both feeling fairly amicable about these people. And Ian McKellen, he's in it to win it, it looks like. Apparently. So you guys are all in the back. You're eating your snacks. And there are a few other famous celebrities here that you're going to have to battle against. And so here's who each of you are going to be fighting against. Uh, Kermit, your opponent in the next round is going to be Zach Galifianakis. (laughs) (laughs) 
Actually, no, oh, I've got an even better idea. I have a better idea. We're going to put Zach Galifianakis up against Owen Wilson because we need a tag team to go in against Kermit and Piggy. So you're going to be going in against Tim and Eric. <laughs> Okay. The, actually, that one, oh, that might be too obscure of a reference because I love Tim and Eric. But, what is Tim and Eric? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm going to have to, re okay, who's a good duo for Kermit and Miss Piggy to fight? Bert and Ernie. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Yes, Bert and Ernie. The puppets versus the puppets. It's so wonderful. Who's better, Sesame Street or the Muppets? Exactly. So we got Kermit and Piggy against Bert and Ernie. We've got Owen Wilson against Zach Galifianakis. And Ian McKellen, you're going to be fighting against uh, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> and unfortunately, Judy Dench has adopted as her wrestling persona Old Deuteronomy from <laughs> Cats 2019. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you brought cats into a campaign. I'm so proud of you. <sighs> it's, it, it was what the moment required. <laughs> so they are off on kind of one side and they're eating their snacks and glancing over at you in their moments of like, okay, this is my opponent, got to size him up a little bit. And all of you, however, are keenly aware the entire time of an individual who is currently frozen in cryogenic stasis above the entrance to the arena. It is Vince McMahon himself, the <laughs> former owner of the WWE who has been overthrown, not dead, still cryogenically frozen up there as an example to everybody who would try and stand up to the new owner of the WWE who is now entering the room. You hear the sirens begin to blare and a couple of the guards come and they stand at either side of the door. They've got like their stun batons in their hand and they've got their inscrutable luchador masks over their faces and the doors part and with a cascade of fog as if from dry ice or a fog machine or something and there's like a laser light show behind him. He comes walking out and it is Taika Waititi. <gasps> nice. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the man who has brought you all together to fight for the enjoyment of the masses. And he looks around at all of you and he's like, Oh, it's, uh, it's good to see you all here today. I'm really excited to see who goes further and who does not go further because uh, some of you are going to make me a lot of money and some of you are going to... And he gives a little smile and kind of gestures with his eyes towards a big like manhole in the center of the room that you have over the months seen many celebrities go falling down through into some kind of fathomless depths beneath. And he says, oh, but don't, uh, don't be frightened at my appearance here. Just continue going about your way. I'm just gonna get some cold cuts over here. And he walks over to the craft service table where you guys are currently gathered and picks up some cold cuts and gives you all a little nod and a smile as he chews. Hey, Taika. Hey, how's it, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. We've got a really nice crowd out there today. We've got, in fact, some people here in the arena, some very high profile players. We've got Elon Musk sitting next to Edward Snowden. Wow. <laughs> and then over there on the other side, we've got uh, Billie Eilish and Lady Gaga. They've started performing together. Wow. Well, you wouldn't know that because you've been stuck here in the, uh, in the brig for the past several months. Yeah, yeah, we've been, you know, we've been doing a lot of training and it's been, it's been beneficial. Don't get me wrong. But uh, are they, are Billy and uh, Miss Gaga gonna, are they gonna perform during like our like in-between halftime show-esque thing? I'm still new to this wrestling uh, gig. That is the idea, in fact. 
Um, real quick, let's see. I'm going to add to each of you a stat. Uh, it's going to be an aspect that is your heat. Uh, this is something that I'm kind of taking from the worldwide wrestling system. Uh, heat being the idea of how much is the audience into you as a character in the WWE. So Owen Wilson, go ahead and roll unmodified against a difficulty of zero to see what your heat is currently. Oh, okay. Do you need a new wrestling promotion name to keep you from getting sued? Yeah, we'll we'll switch it just for fun. Because, I mean, you know, Taika, when he came in, he would have removed all of the old branding. So now it is Taika's Fun Punch Club. <laughs> TFPC. The TFPC, Taika's Fun Punch Club. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. um, my heat is a minus one. Ooh. Not doing, not doing uh, great, as the kids would say. That's that's fair because as far as the crossover between wrestling crowds and Wes Anderson fans go, it it's really me. That's me. I'm the one. <laughs> it's just one single little Evan. <laughs> But yeah, Owen, Taika leans in towards you and he's like, well, you know, for all the training that you've been doing, I would have thought that maybe you'd be doing a little bit better out there in the ring. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, you would uh, you would think that. But you know, I mean, come on. I mean, you got uh, Judy Dench out there and wow, she's just, I mean, I start to even just, you look at her and you just start, she's a dame. Like... I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is uh, I was I was raised not to uh, hit a woman, but thankfully Surian has to handle that one for now. Yeah, he seems to have taken quite a bit of a. He, he's changed. Yeah, I mean, once you uh, start living under the ring, you gotta go a little uh, cuckoo for cocoa puffs, if you know what I'm saying. I really don't know what you're saying, but I appreciate your energy. I'd like to timidly approach at this point. Um, um, Mr. Waititi, may, may I speak to you for a moment? Oh, of course. And he stands there and continues to grab treats off of the craft service table. Um, I was just wondering about um, my involvement here. You see, I'm, I'm traditionally uh, more involved with children's programming and uh, family-friendly type events. And me and Miss Piggy don't, don't feel very good about being here this long. Ah, well, you see, it all depends on what your perspective is as far as family-friendly goes. If you were living in France during the revolution, mummy and daddy, they bring you and the rest of the little tots down to the public executions. Get yourself a little lunch. That's family-friendly entertainment. Uh, well, I was invented in the 70s, and family-friendly entertainment wasn't really like that back then. Well, you see, back in the day, they had the WWE. Now, we've just got Tyker's Fun Punch Club. <laughs> I, I suppose. I'm just wondering if there isn't any way we can end the fights a little more peacefully. Well, that is entirely up to you. I do know that you like to kill them with kindness, as you just insist on saying every single time you get on the screen. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to send a message to the kids at home. Yes, well, the world is a little bit less tender and gentle than it was when you first came into Inception. After a series of global pandemics and incredibly violent world wars, you know, we just finished up World War VI not too long ago, the world has changed a little bit, Kermit. Maybe you need to change a little bit along with it. Okay, and he just does that Kermit face crinkle thing he does with his nose as he turns and walks away. And as Taika is finishing up, he turns towards Ian McKellen, who I guess has just been sort of standing there this whole time. And he actually does look a little intimidated by Ian McKellen. And he's like, ah, yes, uh, the beast from the east. Yes, you've called. Actually, let's uh, have you roll for your heat real quick. Unmodified against a difficulty of zero. Negative one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
and he says, Now, Sir Ian, I have been a big fan of yours since a very, very young age, and I would really appreciate it if you just upped your game a little bit. A wizard never has to up his game, Master Watiti. Ah, uh, yes, you know, a wizard may not ever have to up his game, but an actor who performs as a wizard might have to up his game a little bit. <laughs> Don't tell me how to do my own business. I go into the ring and I use my talent to take down all the people against me. And I have been sizing up my opponents and I will send them to the abyss. That's the energy that I like to see. And he is looking kind of visibly shaken at this point. And he steps back from the craft service table towards a couple of those guards. And he says, well, it's almost time for the first match. The Painbow Connection versus the... Punch Brothers. Why not? You know, maybe they could have come up with a better name if they hadn't done it on the spot. Elmo and Big Bird had already taken Sesame Beat down. Yes, you see, they, they chose a much better name than what I just said in that exact moment. But he turns towards Kermit and Miss Piggy. Let's have you roll for your heat. Ooh, plus one. All right. So people are liking what the Painbow Connection is bringing to the stage right now. And he looks down at you and says, it's going to be a big fight. I am really looking forward to seeing what you can do, and I will be watching, as always, from my incredibly highly secured position up far above the ring, where nothing can harm me. Um, yes, sir, Mr. Whitey. And he steps back through the doorway with the laser light show and the fog still rolling out of it, and the doors close behind him. Well, Miss Piggy, each time we have to go out there, it might be the last time I see you. Oh, Kermit! <laughs> Don't you worry your head a single bit. I'm sure that we will make it through this just fine. <laughs> well, I sure hope you're right about that. <laughs> and at that, the sirens begin to blare once more. And you can see the doors beneath Vince McMahon's frozen visage begin to part open. And that is where we're going to pick up next week. <laughs> 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 At the beginning, McKenna was like, Evan, I'm excited to hear you're Miss Piggy. And I was like, oh, I didn't say I'd be playing Miss Piggy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh man. The, the things that I have unknowingly agreed to do in this campaign. In improv, those are called gifts. That they are. You know, everybody who's listening out there, doing impressions is an interesting thing, but we're doing it for you. And we never said they were good impressions, so please be kind. <laughs> well, I don't know. That Owen Wilson and Ian McKellen are actually pretty decent. Well, yeah, I watched a couple videos during oh, this. Oh, yeah, in the, in the break between episodes, I'm going to have YouTube Kermit compilations pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everybody so much for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Taika's Fun Punch Club. <laughs> <laughs> Taika, I am so sorry if you ever hear this. I appreciate you so much. You're a wonderful creator, and what we do in the shadows is my favorite comedy movie that's ever been made, and I admire you to no end, and I'm very sorry that I'm besmirching you like this. Are you kidding? This sounds like the plot of one of his movies. Tim, 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 Taika, you have to include us when you write it. Yeah, we will we will, we will accept royalties for this story. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as I would be if Taika Waititi, well, if he, if he just like even acknowledged me at all. I mean, it'd be great if he wasn't angry at me when he did it, but I would be happy if he acknowledged me. And we would be that happy as well if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. 
We're also on Twitter at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. So as always, we've got our sister podcast, iCast Fireball, which Thomas is the dungeon master for, and I am a player in. And it's a lot of fun, D&D 5e, good old classic fantasy story. Go check that out if you're into D&D 5e. But also, I would like to plug the films of Taika Waititi, the famed New Zealand film director and producer. He has done so much great stuff. You've probably seen his recent works with The Mandalorian, with Thor Ragnarok, etc. Jojo Rabbit we've already plugged on this show. Like I said, What We Do in the Shadows is my favorite comedy movie. He's just doing some really great stuff, very unique humor. And I uh, think if you haven't checked it out before, go check it out now because he's doing some really great stuff. Ricky Baker. Evan, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, I probably could have mentioned this during my ideation, but uh, I'll save it for now because I think everyone should try it out. I would like to plug attending live professional wrestling in person, experiencing it for real. So in the professional wrestling world, another little piece of vocab for you is a house show. This is a show that is not televised. So WWE televises on Mondays and Fridays, but the rest of the week they're still doing shows while they tour. They just don't record them or put them on TV. And I went to one of these in Utah with my aforementioned good friend. We went together and it was a blast. There is just something about the energy. That was even a fairly poorly attended show. The Vivint Smart Home Arena had very few people in it, but getting to cheer for the good guys and boo for the bad guys, even if they're secretly your favorite performers, it's yeah, it's exciting. It feels good. Um, and then well, I lived in Washington for a few months, and I realized, I thought, you know, I bet there might actually be WWE events coming through here soon. I should probably check. And I got on their website, and they were actually, lo and behold, filming a pay-per-view less than an hour from the place I was living in like a week or two after I checked and so I was like honey can I please spend all our money and buy tickets and my wife was like yes and so I went to see a live WWE pay-per-view and that was you know equally exciting and thrilling but I've also heard amazing things about tiny little bingo hall shows because you know there's only you and 20 other people you're right up close to the action and I don't know it's just a unique experience if you've never watched wrestling that'll be my secondary plug watch some wrestling because I have had so many people over my life who I've introduced to it and they go oh wow this isn't what i thought it was as you heard ned say during the uh, ideation so uh secondary plug watch wrestling if you haven't but primary plug even if you haven't go find some live wrestling and seek it out in person it uh it's a very unique and exciting in-person experience yeah i understand that even aside from the big names like the wwe there are a lot of smaller wrestling organizations that do some really cool stuff absolutely absolutely they're all over the place that's kind of what i meant that those bingo hall shows there are wrestlers out there trying to make a name for themselves getting beat up for 20 bucks a night in front of 10 people in like a high school gym somewhere and that's that's like my dream to go to some of those shows actually i need to find some of those now that I've moved to a bigger city. Nice. Maybe you'll be able to see the next Bonesaw McGraw. Ah. Bonesaw's ready. Wouldn't that be something? Let's see. McKenna, you got anything that you would like to plug? 
Yes, um, along the same vein, I guess, as going and seeing live WWE or smaller local shows, go support your local theater. Um, especially with the pandemic, a lot of community, local, regional type theaters probably could use a lot of your support. Um, and oftentimes they put on great shows and it's a good way to go support the arts. I mean, we're all, Evan, I'll count you in as well. We're all theater people. <laughs> and uh, live theater is something very special. It's a wonderful experience. There's something completely different than sitting and watching a movie. Um, don't get me wrong, I love going to see especially Marvel or Star Wars movies. That's an experience too, but something about live theater is great. So go out there, support your local theaters, and just, you know, give them some love because with the pandemic, that's been real rough. <laughs> so I guess that's my plug. Right on. And JP, you got anything for us? I don't have anything really to plug, but I read The Hobbit, and I give that my stamp of approval. It was a good book. Maybe a little influence for why I decided to be Ian McKellen. I don't know. But it was a good book, and you should all go out and read. It's a good book. Maybe someday they'll make it into a good movie. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Before I dig myself in any deeper, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of Taika's Fun Punch Club. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Uh, Evan Peterson, and uh, I can always smell what you're cooking. (laughs) McKenna Steele, please, please, please be kind. (laughs) Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and... uh, Her! (laughs) (laughs) That's a new ringtone! (laughs) Uh, Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. (laughs) Bye! Bye! You guys are frozen. Oh no. We just lost McKenna. Oh no. Keep them recordings up and wait. What <laughs> happened? Ned, you remember how I opened that one podcast by saying <laughs> dreams become nightmares because it was my first time recording in the closet? Mm-hmm. I thought this oh, was no. going to be my like Ned and Serial moment. I was like, yes, ah! I'm going to be the knowledgeable one on the podcast dropping weird little factoids. Can you hear me? And then you were like, you hey, we're me? all going to do celebrity impressions. <laughs> and dreams me. became nightmares again. <laughs> Wait, where are you? I can hear you. There you go, man. Um, have you guys been still recording this entire time? She's frozen again. Am I gone again? Oh, man. Have you lost me again? Are you kidding me? <sighs> Gotta love Christian! that internet. Like, I can hear them fine. I feel bad. Her connection was probably perfect the whole time I was gone, wasn't it? It was perfect the whole time you were gone. <sighs> I ruined everything. Oh, we just let Ned. Oh, what? We you lost killed Ned. You killed Ned. <laughs> I killed Ned? <laughs> it was funny. As soon as you... You logged in and you're fine now, but Ned's gone. I'm fine now? You can hear me? Yes. It just kicked me out all of a sudden. It's because McKenna's here and there's only enough room for one of you. <laughs> JP, I'm not hearing you, I'll say. I was pushing the wrong button. <laughs> okay. Welcome home, everybody. McKenna's back. Stabler than ever. Well, that's up for debate, but yes. 